Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, guys. DGS 404. Uh, we're going to go another hour here. Hand it over to Total Information PM with Wheeler and Michael Calhoun. We're in store mode because we have Taco Bell. Uh, looking out the window here, it is uh, gross, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of snowy, rainy, snainy kind of stuff going on. Uh, attorney Brad Young, who does tons of stuff here on KMOX, joins us now. Hello, Brad. Dave, good to talk to you, my friend. You too. So uh, I, I know you agree with me that in in spite of the fact that we would love for all of this with Donald Trump not to be going on as lawyers, uh, 50 years from now when our great-grandkids are going to law school, they will be studying this time and uh, talking about the Roberts Court and Kavanaugh and, and Gorsuch and all this stuff. It is truly a historic time. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, when we were in law school, you and I were in law school at the exact same time. Unlike you, I couldn't afford to go to Wash U, but that's OK. I won't I won't hold that against you. But um, I was on a field hockey scholarship. I'll have well, you know. <laughs> that's good. I wish I would have thought of that. So uh, but, yeah, we're going to be studying this because of all the trips to the Supreme Court. Every time something goes to the Supreme Court, law is made. And so uh, eventually uh, down the years, uh, yeah, law students are going to be studying this because it's going to impact future elections. So what I I know we it's almost unmanageable. There are so many cases against Donald Trump, civil cases, criminal cases, federal, state. And now he's going back. He's looking for immunity. Uh, What is happening over the last few days and walk us through it? Well, the main thing is is that he is taking the position in in uh, in the case where he's being prosecuted. One of the cases he's being prosecuted for January sixth, he's taking the position against Jack Smith that he is immune from prosecution. Now, let me lay it out so that it's understandable. Uh, typically, anything that a president does in the course of his or her duties is he's he or she is considered immune from prosecution because they are acting in the furtherance of the interests of the United States government. So that's a that's traditionally it's never been tested, but that's traditionally the view uh, from all legal scholars, left, right, center, doesn't matter. The only time this has really come up was during uh, the Nixon administration with the Watergate break in. And uh, Nixon decided not to 
to argue that because it was in the furtherance of his reelection campaign. So that really wasn't tested in the 1970s. So fast forward to today. He's taking Trump's taking the position he can't be prosecuted for anything that he said on January 6th because it's in his official duties. Now, the lower court has held that that his official duties did not include uh, railing on the fact that he really won the election, even though the evidence showed that he did not. So this has gone up on appeal. The Supreme Court has declined to hear it uh, because they didn't want to hear it on an expedited basis. That's typical. Uh, Supreme Court wants lower courts to make decisions and then they can pick that apart. And so this is at the three uh, judge panel of the Court of Appeals, two of whom are uh, appointed by uh, Biden, one of whom is appointed by um, not Trump, but a Republican. I, I believe it's Bush. And so the arguments were just held yesterday about whether or not the president is immune from any criminal prosecution at any time, even after the president leaves office. That's what was argued yesterday. So, Brad, as we were discussing this a couple hours ago, I feel confident that non-sycophants, whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump or Barack Obama or whoever it happens to be, uh, playground rules would dictate, well, of course, the highest office in America should not be without any accountability. Oh, that's clear. Sure, certainly. I don't think anyone really uh, who is not necessarily working for Trump or are or psychologically married to Trump would take that position. I mean, that just goes against everything uh, that we believe in as Americans. The, the, the president is not the king. You know, there's the famous saying, the king can do no wrong, sovereign immunity. Uh, but the president is not the king. The president is the president. So the president needs to be held accountable. And I believe the vast majority of Americans, regardless of their political persuasion, would agree with that. So, Brad, at some point, given all the different cases against Donald Trump, assuming that they go forward, uh, at some point, will the Supreme Court have to rule on the factual slash legal point of whether the president committed an insurrection or given the charging of Jack Smith? Can they avoid that? You know, I don't think that they can. Uh, Now, keep in mind, the Supreme Court, like any appellate court, cannot decide the facts. The facts have to be decided by lower courts. The appellate courts can only decide the application of law. But let's let's fast forward for just a second, Dave. If we look at this, just because uh, a, a lower court in Colorado, a judge, in fact, said that President Trump committed an insurrection, that's an application of law to facts. So that's not a factual conclusion. That's a legal conclusion. I'm not, I'm not trying to dive too deeply in the weeds here, but I just want to clarify that because when this gets to the Supreme Court, the question is going to be, did the president, in fact, commit insurrection as defined by the 14th Amendment? And that is a legal conclusion, uh, because at this point, the president hasn't been convicted of anything in court. Uh, he hasn't been convicted of anything in civil court, criminal court, any court. Uh, And so the Supremes will eventually have to decide that issue. And in fact, on that issue, as opposed to the the uh, immunity charge we were talking about a moment ago, the Supreme Court has agreed to accept the Colorado case on an expedited basis. I believe oral arguments are scheduled for February 8th, and I would expect a decision uh, in March, 
or April from the Supreme Court on whether or not Trump can or cannot be kept off the ballot. Mm-hmm. And I've got a pretty good idea how that's going to to, uh, to to fall out as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing that he loses the immunity case. I'm guessing that he uh, wins the case about being taken off of the ballot. As much as I yes. don't like Trump, it, I, I, I'm in favor of that. I don't think that you should. I, I I'm glad the Secretary of State and the Supreme Court of Colorado have ruled the way they did, largely so that the Supreme Court can rule. Although I think it's a dangerous precedent to set that individuals in states can keep a federal candidate off uh, off of the ballots. I mean, it's ridiculous. First of all, it's a federal issue, not a state issue. And secondly, if the Supreme Court were to uphold what Colorado did, then every election you're going to have some crank. Uh, a, a state of, uh, official, whether it's in Alabama or whether it's in uh, Oregon, on the right or the left, you're going to have some crank official that's going to say, I don't think this person can be on the ballot. And we just can't have that. This is a democracy. You cannot keep people off the ballot. And the Supreme Court, I'm hoping, will issue a nine to zero opinion allowing Trump to be on the ballot, not because it's Trump. Now, keep in mind, we've got to keep our analysis focused, and this is hard, but we have to keep our analysis focused on the application of the law, not on to whom it's being applied. Okay. That's the thing that's hard to do. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, Jay Ashcroft, I think, embarrassed himself and the state by coming out and saying that, oh, well, if they can keep Trump off, I'm going to keep Biden off. Yesterday, like a third stringer on CNN just eviscerated him. Am I being unfair to Mr. Ashcroft? No, no, you're you're being you're being exactly right. And what he should have done is this. And I think if you were sitting in a bar with, having a beer with Jay Ashcroft, he would agree that this is what he wanted to say, which is, I don't think that any secretary of state or any state official can keep uh, President Trump or anyone else off the ballot. Because if that were the case, for example, I could, even though I don't think it's justified, I could keep Biden off the ballot because of the problem on the southern border. But obviously, I wouldn't do that because I don't think any state official should be empowered to do that. That's what he should have said. If he would have called me and said, Brad, what should I say on CNN? That's what I would have told him. But he kind of botched it and made himself look stupid, which, of course, makes all of Missourians look stupid. Um, Brad, uh, engaging the, the full capacity of your brain and pulling out a little bit of a crystal ball, come September, October, which of the cases that are currently pending do you think are going to be the important ones that have an impact on the election? Yeah, that boy, the, and your your end of that question really changed the dynamic of the question, Dave. So let let me let me put it this way: the 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 outcome will be wholly dependent on when these cases are decided, not necessarily the subject matter of the cases. In other words, the timing is what's extremely important. Let me tell you why. A recent uh, Reuters poll showed that about uh, between 30 and 40 percent of all Trump supporters would withdraw their support from President Trump if he's convicted of anything in a court of law. So if, if a conviction comes down on any of these myriad of criminal cases before the election, at that point, I think that's going to have a tremendous impact, regardless of which of those cases get decided first. But the question is, how does that impact the primaries. Prime, we, we're, listen, Iowa is going to start choosing in a week. So the question becomes, can any of these cases reach a decision one way or the other before the majority of Americans have voted in a primary? And that's going to be problematic because 
of, as you well know, Dave, court cases don't move quickly. That's not in the nature of courts to move quickly. And just because we all want these, regardless if you're on the right or the left, to move quickly, it just is problematic to do that. Um, Brad, this is a, a more of a personal opinion thing than a legal analysis, but you can go both ways. Haley and DeSantis have both said that they would pardon President Trump if they were elected. I've heard a lot of people say that they think Joe Biden should. How do you feel about that when you hear that? Well, anything that I hear from any candidate and personally, I don't mind saying this personally, I like Nikki Haley. She's the person that I'm supporting and I hope that she does well. Uh, she's a rational conservative, rational Republican, uh, and she doesn't have any of the wacko crazy baggage. Having said that, I think anything that anyone says during an election campaign is done to get votes. And so let's just be real. So anyway, I, I think President Clinton once said that he would make the White House kitchen a kosher kitchen because he was speaking to a group of hmm. Jewish Americans. OK, so the, the White House has never had a, a kosher kitchen and never will. So that was simply something that was said during the course of the campaign. We know that we're adults. We can we can parcel out. OK, this is baloney uh, because you're running for election. And I think anyone who says now they would pardon Trump. Uh, I think that's problematic and probably only being said to get votes, to be honest. All right. You're the best. Thank you, Brad. We really appreciate it. Hey, appreciate it. Anytime. Happy to help. Uh, let me throw a completely weird, less serious topic. Have you guys heard of Grubgate yet? <laughs> no. No. So this is a female representative named Flores, who I believe is the only uh, congressperson who was born in Mexico. And she's in Texas, and she prides herself on being very authentic in, in her uh, culture. And she has been posting her favorite Mexican Tex-Mex meals that she's prepared. And it turns out that they are all lifted from other people, social media, and uh, food websites. And people are going in on her. <laughs> well, I mean, as they should, if you're presenting it as your original content, and then it turns out you're stealing from other people. I mean, I don't really feel that sorry for you whenever the internet comes after you at that point. Mm -hmm. Seems like a, seems like a mistake a millennial wouldn't make. Yeah, you would think you'd be more steeped in... Seems like a mistake I would make. Right, right. You'd, That's... Be, you'd be surprised. All, all the content stealers are, are millennial or younger. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because they, they, they are convinced, I think, that the internet is too wide and too, too vast and you'll simply never get caught. When in reality... If you're stealing content, generally everybody knows it. They just don't really care. Uh, but in this case, there are people like your political opponents, for example, who have yeah. a vested interest in caring and convincing everyone else to care. And I'm sorry, you said she's passing it off as if she's cooked these meals herself? Either uh, a combination of that and I'm sitting here at Senor oh, okay. Something's having this amazing chimichanga <laughs> when you just pulled really, it off their face. Yeah, I got it off of tra uh, TripAdvisor yes. or something. I hate that I would notice that. I hate that I would see that and I would go, that, that picture's on their Facebook. <laughs> well, you'd be able to tell just from the varying degrees of quality of the photos. I mean, if you follow someone for long enough on social media, you kind of know their flavor and how they take pictures and how things are supposed to look. So if you're drawing from all these different sources, yeah, you're going to get caught. Excellent yeah. point. I mean, but it's just clout chasing, right? I mean, how many times do we see people putting up fake stuff? They know it's fake. They don't care. And people will figure it out, but they've already got the follow. They've already got the like. They've already gotten the interaction that yeah. boosts their numbers. Yeah. I learned that on TikTok where you'll, you know, scroll, scroll, scroll. And then someone's like, 
at the end, you see a witch's butt. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> stay till the yeah, end. Yeah, you're like, okay. Stay till the end. And you get to the end butt. and there's no witch's butt. And you're like, well, they just got my... Yes, the they secret. did. The trick to that is whenever you see something like that... You fast forward. Click on the comments. If you oh, click on the comments, then people will go, hey, no witch's butt. Just so yeah. you know. Yeah, I they, just saved you four minutes. I always just fast forward them, too. Hmm. Because if there's something at the end, it says yeah. stay until the end. Well, I don't need to watch four minutes to see the cool part at the end. Yeah. And then if it turns out, oh, there's a cool part at the end, then I can go back and watch it. 426 DGS. We don't have much time here, do we? Uh, let's do some audio. What do we have? You have some audio from Jay Ashcroft. Yeah, we've covered it. Okay, you have some audio from Trump, but it was from yesterday. That's the uh, kind of super cut of some of the... Yeah, why not? <laughs> Think of it, magnets. Now, all I know about magnets is this. Give me a glass of water. Let me drop it on the magnets. That's the end of the magnets. Why didn't they use John Deere? Why didn't they bring in the John Deere people? Do you like John Deere? I like John Deere. It didn't work. They had an almost billion-dollar cost overrun on the magnetic elevators. Think of it, magnets. Now, all I know about magnets is this. Give me a glass of water. Let me drop it on the magnets. That's the end of the magnets. Why didn't they use John Deere? Why didn't they bring in the John Deere people? Do you like John Deere? I like John Deere. Obamacare is a catastrophe. Nobody talks about it. You know, without John McCain, we would have had it done. But John McCain, for some reason, couldn't get his arm up that day. Remember, he goes that like that. That was the end of that. If you take a look, I mean, the wars, I don't know what it is. The Civil War was so fascinating, so horrible. I'm so attracted to seeing it. So many mistakes were made. See, there was something I think could have been negotiated, to be honest with you. I think you could have negotiated that. Abraham Lincoln, of course, if you negotiated it, you probably wouldn't even know who Abraham Lincoln was. Uh, he would have been president, but he would have been president. He would have been, he wouldn't have been the Abraham Lincoln. Would have been different, but. Wow. Statements were made. Quite That's a few of cut. them. That's not how magnets work, first of all. Like, are you just making stuff up? I actually didn't know that John Deere did elevators. I could be wrong. I, I, I didn't know that either, but grade school kids know how magnets work. We could all go home and put two magnets together and drop in a bucket of water and ain't going to change a damn thing. Why would you, like, why would you make that up? Because you believe it's true. Yeah. But why would you even I believe that's true? It up. I think well, you're just I mean, wrong like, about it. So I, I guess this is my point. Who to, where'd you learn that? Who told you that? You didn't learn that anywhere. You, you Somehow you invented it in your head or you read some ridiculous conspiracy. It's a simple test. Get two magnets, drop them in water, nothing happens. Who has magnets laying around, though? I'm just like, come on, man. <laughs> this is the more than policy anything else. The president of the United States shouldn't just be guessing at stuff. Well, he shouldn't be making fun of... Prisoners of war. Well, I mean, that's point. the part there. It's just like so mean and so nasty and so unnecessary. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Four forty DGS. I'm going to guess that uh, it looks about the way out your window it does out the KMOX window. Just kind of nasty and gloomy and... Going to have 40-mile-an-hour uh, winds tonight, so button up. And then on Friday, we have more of this. And then over the weekend and into early next week, it is super, super cold. Dave Murray said it could get actually below zero, like real, honest-to-goodness, air temperature, not the wind chill. Uh, stairway to Kevin. All right, just a, I, I asked, I'm going to pull the room. We have, a, you know, obviously a couple of different generations between the four of us. What do you guys think makes a protest work? Because we've been, you know, we, we've talked about the idiots that are gluing themselves to art or they're throwing soup on famous artworks. We've talked about uh, the summer of 2020. We've talked about the the idiots now that are blocking. We didn't talk about it yesterday, but the people that blocked three bridges in the tunnel in Manhattan for uh, the free Palestine <clears throat> thing. I have, but, a, I have an answer. Like what? what's effective to you? Because I don't think any of the stuff I've seen in the last five years actually changes anybody's mind. Who was the young man shot by the guy in Florida, the neighborhood watch guy, Trayvon? Oh, Trayvon Martin. So Trayvon Martin, it took a few weeks before anyone knew about that, and I didn't find out about it until they were protesting, and they were carrying signs, mm -hmm. and then everyone went, what's this? And we learned the facts, and we know where that went. That, to me, is an effective protest. When I don't know about your issue, uh, by protesting— and carrying signs and getting on television, you make me aware of your issue. Once I'm aware of your issue, you can stop. Uh, and if you get my attention by blocking the road that I'm on, whether I'm going to work or to Pantera's Pizza or my child is dying in the backseat and I'm heading to the emergency room, you've made an enemy. Yeah. So I think that it's all about getting the initial attention. Once people, like, for example, what's going on with Gaza, there are all these protests, uh, pro-Palestinian protests that are shutting down bridges and such. You're going to have a hard time finding someone who doesn't know about what's going on and who hasn't uh, developed some sort of an opinion. To me, once people know what's going on, if you... Uh, Stage some sort of protest that gets in their way. You're just you're just pissing them off and hurting your chances. My humble opinion. You guys, do you ever think that there's something to be said though for um, this cause needs needs attention, and we feel like no one is giving it the attention it deserves, and we are in a place of desperation, and this is the only thing we can think of to try to get attention. Yes, and I think that's in the eye of the beholder. I do, but again, I'm thinking. How effective is it going to be? 
Like if the idea is changing people's minds, you don't change somebody's mind by punching them in the face, right? If you and I disagree, Dave, and I say, no, this is the right way and I punch you, that's not going to change your mind. But it's but nobody's punching anyone in the face. They're in many cases inconveniencing other people, but it's not resorting to violence. So I don't know if well, I would make that comparison. It's it's an extreme example, but there have been all kinds of stories from some of these things. I think it was San Francisco, the first one with with the Golden Gate Bridge that they blocked. There were people that needed medical procedures that couldn't get them because the doctors couldn't get to the hospital. So they had to put off important medical procedures because the doctor performing them could not get to the hospital. If somebody dies in an ambulance because they had a heart attack and they're on the way to the hospital and they can't get where they're going. I'm not just I mean, I think the inconveniencing people is a thing. That's that's part of it. This is dangerous. If there's a car accident on the other side of that bridge or tunnel and and police officers and firefighters can't get through because you have blocked traffic, that's not okay. And I think the, I think disruption is important. Disruption was a big part of the civil rights movement, right? But when you when you're when you're endangering lives by doing what you're doing, it's kind of what we talked about with the swatting thing yesterday. Because if you're swatting someone and then something else happens and people aren't where they need to be to help, you should be responsible for the consequences on the other end of that. What's wrong with going to Washington, D.C. to protest and getting out on the lawn and getting out in front of national monuments or in front of the White House or the Senate or or your state Senate or the, the mayor's office or whatever? I mean, you're not accomplishing anything by making people mad and disrupting services that could cost someone their life. Right? Wrong? I agree with you. Um, I think it's relative, though, because Rach talked about, but what if you're so desperate? Well, your desperation is not my problem, and it's not going to affect my opinion of you. It may be an immature opinion that I have. Like, I love animals. I can't stand PETA. I happen to believe that climate change is real and we are uh, adding to it, if not causing it. However, the stop oil people who keep throwing soup on Monet's, I don't like you either. Um, So that may be an immature, uh, selfish, egocentric view, but it's my view. Andrew? I think think an effective protest, uh, personally, is one that um, enacts a change. I think if you can get something actually changed as a result of a protest, no matter how widespread it is or how long it goes on for, I think if you can get an actual, if you can make a change. In what are the favor, limitations, though? Because that's a the ends justify the means argument. Uh, uh, what, what, what do you mean? Well, what I hear you saying is if you can effectuate a change, it's a good protest. Mm-hmm. But at, at, at what cost? At what oh, means? I get what you're saying. Yeah, how far would you go yeah, to have I mean, a successful protest? I would say a protest like this. I would I would say ideally strictly nonviolent. Um and 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 I refer to nonviolence as like attacking people. I know Kevin's kind of classifying what they're doing as a form of violence because it would Yeah, I wouldn't put it that way, but it's a disregard for other people and other pe- not just their convenience, but the lives of other people. Well, to Rachel's point, 
I think maybe some of the people protesting would say the same thing about you. They would say, "Right, but I, you've been I disregarding my life forever, so I'm." Well, no, but see, the, the, but I'm that's the point. None of these people are living in Gaza. They're not the people that are directly in line. Now, I some think a of, lot them, of them have families. Yeah, a lot sure of them have do. families, and they feel like they're speaking for these people who are right. And the average person has nothing to say about, like, they can't do anything about it short of an election down the road voting in new candidates. The people that you need to protest to are the people in Washington, D.C. that are the policymakers and disrupting all of us. So that kind of is going to do what you're going to you're going to convince me to call my senator because you pissed me off and cost me four hours of my day. Well, it kind of begs the question then from your perspective, Kevin, why ever protest about anything? That's not. Oh, no, no, no. Protest is important. Effective protest means changing minds. If you're not changing minds, what's the point? What would you have them do? Well, I mean, number one thing, I would do everything that I'm doing to protest in front of a politician's office, whether it's a, whether it's my senator, my representative, the White House. What I mean, you you got to go to the people that have decision making power. A lot of powerful people live in New York. Great. How many of them are going to have a vote on it? I think a lot. I think a lot of lobbyists live in New York. I think a lot of okay, but see, you, you think how many York? of those people do you, that are decision makers do you think were actually affected by this? Because I'm going to tell you what the people no, that are affected not. are the are the Joe Blow regular people, and they're not going to then Does turn it, around to your cause. But okay, when, when is, is there a cause that you could find out? <clears throat> Highway 40 shut down tonight in a storm, but you are uh, sympathetic to that cause. You see what I'm saying? Like, Andrew, if you're sympathetic to the cause mm. of the Palestinians mm. and you say, I don't blame them for shutting down the, the Holland Tunnel. But what if it was something that uh, like people trying to save Trump? Would- oh, it's a definite struggle. I mean, I so um, I remember back in like, remember the Occupy Wall Street movement? Oh, yeah. And the oh, 1%. Yeah. 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 I remember this very clearly back in like 2011. I'm coming down uh, market. I'm going past Keener Plaza because that was still open back then where you could get off the highway there. And they were like, I mean, they were blocking the road. They were banging on my door and window and screaming in my face with these signs. And I I support their movement. I'm on there and I'm trying to yell at them. I'm like, I'm on your side, but get out of my way. I'm trying to go to work. So, I I mean, I definitely lost all patience with them. Yeah. Uh, Good discussion. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 